This will sound like it's some big, long, extended personal note. That is not what it is. It's not my intent. When a um, child is sexually molested, why is that so bad? Well, first of all, it's a violent act. Uh, it's theft. But it breaks apart a child. It, it disintegrates them. Uh, particularly if the child doesn't tell. If the child doesn't share with adults what, what has happened to them. It stalls the development of them being a fully integrated person. And that can be unbelievably damaging. Because they will view themselves as very small. They'll view themselves as one thing. And so therapists employ something called parts therapy to put them back together, to reintegrate them. Now, countries are what? Collections of people. A national identity is what? An agreed upon description of self. What the party is doing is the exact opposite of what therapists do to help harmed children regain their identities. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. It is such a great honor for our team to be able to work with Allen's Artisan Soaps at Allen's, A-L-A-N-S, soaps.com slash Todd to help this business grow and thrive and uh, to prove a point. A 12-year-old so impacted by autism and structural health challenges that he cannot form sentences, is inventing world-class soaps, the scents, working there every day. And if Allen Soaps can do it, so can other businesses. It's allensoaps.com slash Todd. This is not a episode of the show about transgenderism and the lie that that is. It contains that as a symptom. This is an 80-year-old woman from the Peninsula area, Port Townsend, Washington. My experience while showering after my swim was hearing a man's voice in the women's dressing area and seeing a man in a women's swimsuit watching little girls pull down their bathing suits in order to use the toilets in the dressing room. I reacted by telling him to leave. And the consequence is that I have been banned from the pool. When you understand how to break a thing and you break it apart, sometimes you can see how to put it back together. And the point of this episode, how to break a generation of people and how to avoid being broken extends into how to help our kids avoid being broken. That sound clip will come back, but I'll bring it back in the full form. She was speaking in front of a, of, of a group of government bosses 
because in Western Washington, there is no city councils. She's speaking in front of a, a group of government bosses. Her name is Julie Jamin. I want you to hear her whole thing, but after we get through this little portion, there is in teen and adolescent therapy, and in fact, with other people, but primarily with teens and adolescents, this exercise called parts therapy. And the way this works and when it happens is as a long therapeutic process is coming to a completion or at least a graduation point. And it is commonly used with kids who have developed an identity issue. This doesn't mean that they have multiple identities that may have happened once, um, the, the long time, you know, Sybil and everybody was Sybil. That, that rarely happens. There's a new thing called uh, disassociative identity disorder. And it sounds very much like the, an over-dramification of things. And a lot of kids are, are choosing that and, what it does, this parts therapy, is it takes broken kids and it puts them back together. Broken kids commonly come as a result of having been sexually molested at specific ages. There is a very important age period where kids are beginning to form themselves into integrated people. And here's what that means. An integrated person can have a negative experience with somebody and say, wow, that was really disappointing that I felt that, that my mom and I had that argument and I still love my mom. An integrated person can say, wow, I blew it in the game today and I am still okay. An integrated person can say, I killed it today. I won the medal and I'm still not king of the world. An integrated person can say, well, that girl sure hates my guts and other people don't. An integrated person can say, man, math is not my friend and I'm really good at science. Integrated people can deal with harms and hurts because they've got a very strong base. They've got the, the base of themselves as this, this person with more than one characteristic Integrated people have a sense of identity that transcends name um, and job. It is a sense. Now, as Christian people, we believe the primary identity is we are created by God most high. One God. And Christian people view God through three, separate and equal and yet the same. I know that's a strange concept for many people, the Trinity, that we view ourselves as created by God. If we've accepted Christ, inhabited by the Holy Spirit, and will one day live with Jesus. That's our primary identity, and it is a strong identity for people who live it out. For people who attend church 1.2 times a month and read the Bible every now and then, it's a hobby. It's not an identity. This is not an episode based upon the Christian identity, other than to say, it is, in my judgment, the only true, real, lasting, firm foundation of an identity. And we'll get back to that. But the parts therapy works like this. First, what happens to a kid in this eight to nine-year-old time frame when they're molested? If they don't tell, they don't get help. 
If they tell and don't get help, that's almost as bad as not telling. When they don't tell, that eight to nine-year-old person tries to deal with it in their own mind. And since they're not integrated people, they will very often decide, I am victim. I am weak. The molester chose me because something is wrong with me. I'm not even strong enough to tell what happened. I am that insignificant. And they begin to see in other people things that integrated people experience and they can't. Why do other kids express this happiness? Sometimes they're like freakishly happy. I'm not. I'm different. And that continues then to build up this negative identity. These other kids, they seem to get excited and run around and be happy. I have to fake that. I have to fake that emotion. I have to fake excitement. I have to feign it. I don't feel it because I am not worth it. It doesn't belong in me. And that's an oversimplification. And so what kids will do when they're broken is they will seek an identity. Girls used to seek promiscuity. All right. My sexuality was stolen from me. I was victimized. I was held down. I was forced to do things or I was conned into doing things. I will never again be victimized. So I will become the aggressor. I know what boys want. Therefore, I will choose who gets it. I will be the aggressor. I will convince myself this is for me. I will convince myself this is what I want. I will convince myself this is how I'm in control because it's a scary thing to be out of control and who can blame them? People will seek other identities. People can seek the identities that protect them. That's what they do. They seek the thing that seems to protect them most, that moves them most away from the harm. Boys who've been through traumatic circumstances and have become scared, perhaps they're from a fatherless home and therefore they don't feel they've got a male protector, they may become their own protector. They may say, you know what? I'm going to become a thug. Um, I'm going to become a criminal. I'm going to hang with the thugs and the criminals because at least I know they're tough guys. And I know that when I walk the hallways at school, being a tough guy and amongst the tough guys, I'm unlikely to get bullied. So I'll join that group. Some people do that. Now, these aren't behaviors. These are identities. Some people bury themselves in achievement. And again, it's not a behavior. Hey, it's a really good student. You know the difference between really good students and I am the high achiever. I do well in school versus I am a 4.0 student. I am the valedictorian. Positive things. No doubt that, you know, the, the achievement but if that is who you are, when suddenly you're not the smartest, when suddenly other people are just as smart, or the smarts don't work. Wait, I'm being fired, but I'm the smartest. Yeah, but we're downsizing. But, but I'm the smartest. Yeah, you're, you're the smartest and we're downsizing. 
and suddenly it shattered. The identity that has protected you is shattered. And kids will pick these days, girls very commonly will pick, I'm a boy. I've been sexually molested, so I'm a boy. And because boys, they're, they're the aggressors. They're not victimized. They're the aggressors. They choose. They control. Boys who are spending a lot of time around porn, it is not unlike molestation in this way. That eight to nine-year-old boys, younger boys who are experiencing a lot of porn, they don't develop an integrated view of girls. They don't develop, oh, this is my friend Patty. We played softball together and we swam together and we went to school together and we grew up together. And this is now Patty at 13 and 14 and 15. And wow, all of a sudden, I like Patty in a different way. All of a sudden, I feel all jumpy in my tummy when I'm around Patty. And all of a sudden, I want to touch Patty. I'd like to hold her hand. That's never been the case. We used to play softball together. Why do I want to hold her hand now? Or why do I want to kiss her on the lips now? What's this change that has occurred? Well, an integrated person can say, yeah, you know, I grew up with her. And yeah, I know her parents and she's my neighbor. And, and in the vernacular of young boys can say, wow, Patty's really hot now. Yeah, Patty is hot. She is hot now. And they can still have that recognition that, you know what else she is? She's a soccer player. You know what else she is? She likes snakes and, and, and reptiles. She has that in his room. She's really smart in history. Um, her dad's a cop. And if I go tell her dad, he's, she's hot. He's going to beat me silly. That there's the integrated view of others. When boys are interacting with pornography on a regular basis, they are robbed of that integration. They are robbed of the ability to look beyond, wow, she's hot. That means she wants to have sex with everybody. That means, and they're robbed of that. It's not unlike molestation in that it is progressing the boys far too quickly from the state of sweet love and, and crushes up into you know, sexual acts in, in fantasy mode. But also when they finally get with a girl, and they are in a sexual experience that they have no view of the integrated person, that this is a child of God, perhaps. This is at least a, a, a girl created by God. This is one of God's creations. They don't have that view. This is soccer player and child and cousin and students and researcher. And she likes Snoopy shows versus this is sex doll. I get to choke because that's what they do on the TV screens and the video screens. That's what I get to do because that's how you do it. It destroys the integrated view of the human being with whom you are having the sexual relation. And I'm speaking bluntly in a world that is not a world with a biblical view where sexual relations are reserved for one man and one woman in the marriage relationship. The country is a collection of individuals and a collection of identities. The broader the identities, the better we can do with one another. When you have a broad and integrated identity and you encounter someone who is completely opposite you or is a shrill uh, or rude or they are 
aggressive towards you, you're able to deal with that with, wow, that person's having a bad day. That person's rude. That person is a blank word. And I'm okay. And they and their assessment of me is not going to make any long lasting impact. Disintegrated people do not have that skill. They don't have that strong foundation. I hate that person. Why? Because that person has attacked what I am. That person has attacked my core. That person has taken the one thing that defines me and attacked it. Likewise with a sex addicted boy. Ah, wow, I'm watch, I've watched porn my whole life. It's really easy for everyone else to have sex. They just walk into a room and say, gosh, it's hot in here. Hey, would you like to have sex? It's really easy for everyone else. How come all the girls don't want to have sex with me? Oh, I'm terrible and broken and disgusting. And so I either need to force people to have sex with me or con them. Oh, but what if, what if you just have great female friends and it grows into, no, 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 that's the friends. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the sexual, I'm the dynamo. I'm the, I'm the, and with a lot of boys, this turns into, wow, well, if I was a girl, well, then I'd be wanted. Then I'd be the object of desire, just like in all the videos I've watched and they further disintegrate themselves. Parts therapy is this. The, ther- the therapist through a long time of working with a person has started to look at the identities You are daughter, sister, student, swimmer, dreamer, piano player. And they will give these kids representations of the various parts of themselves. Often they'll use playing cards. And with the playing cards, the kids will get the entire deck of cards and they'll pick out the ones that are meaningful for them. Okay. So they pick out a knight, and they pick out a magician and they pick out a, um, let's say artist. They pick out someone walking through a beautiful field in nature. They pick out a little kid playing with a toy. They pick out a mom looking person baking bread. They pick out all these things. And what the therapist will do is then arrange them in certain ways. Who's the knight? The knight is the protector. Hmm. Who's the magician? Oh, the magician can do anything. They're like that kid at school who's really popular. Oh, who's the baker? Well, that's like, I'm really happy when my mom bakes with me. I like that. I see. And they stack rank them. Who are you most of the time? They're shifting gears now from the card game to who are you most of the time? Um, Most of the time, I'm that little kid hiding from the snake. Victim. I am victim. What if the knight could help? How would the knight help the little kid with the snake? Well, the knight would make the snake go away. Okay, let's move the knight over by the snake. 
when the snake is gone, how could the mom help? Well, the mom could bake bread and it would feel better now that the night has removed the snake. Now we'd be safe to eat bread and the night and the kid and the mom could have bread together and the snake is gone. Let's do that with the cards. And over time, what they do is they integrate. They, they say, you have all these parts in you. Now, from a Christian perspective, we would start with the very first card, which would be a picture of the Lord Jesus. That's what we would do. What is a nation? A nation is a collection of individuals with a shared and common identity or a way of expressing it. This is our combined identity. What happens when the individuals, integrated individuals, fully integrated, are hammered and broken into shrill, sharp pieces, shards of themselves? That's what's going on. That's what the party's been doing. That's intersectional politics. That's targeted ad messaging. That's Facebook algorithms. That's Twitter algorithms. That's SJW labels. That's political labels. And it is broken people into these tiny, sharp little pieces. Just imagine everyone is a mirror. And I choose that on purpose because in a Christian perspective, we refer to ourselves often as blurred, mirrored versions of Christ. Blurred mirror, like we have nothing like him, but we're becoming more and more clearly like him as we become further and further discipled. So I use that on purpose. And then the broken mirror, because it's a common vernacular in myth, Right, the broken mirror is the bad news. It's the seven years of bad luck. It's the evil stepmothers breaking the mirrors. So how's this all happening? And am I the only one who's observed this? I've wondered that for some time. Am I the only one who observes this, that the, the, the party is making of people the most thin and breakable and shrill and meaningless parts of themselves? They're going parts therapy in reverse am i the only one who thinks it unfortunately and unfortunately i'm not it would be really easy for um people like alan at alan's artisan soaps to pick the identity victim after all alan has trouble walking he does it and he's a stud when he does it and man, I've seen him go out and, and kick it in the pool with his cousins. He gets it done, but it's a challenge for Alan. But man, he gets it done. Um, he's going to sixth grade now. Just saw a picture of him going to sixth grade. He looks fantastic. I love the Minecraft shirt, the shorts. Alan looks different from some kids. His body's structured differently. It'd be real easy for Alan to say, oh, I can't go to school. But he doesn't. He puts on a smile and he goes because he's completely integrated because he's got loving parents. And he's got a business he runs with his dad. It's called Alan's Artisan Soaps. Oh, he's the mascot. Nope. 
He's the chief soap officer. Yeah, but come on, he's got autism. He can't put even sentences together. How functional is he? Well, what, how, many, uh, how many cents of soap have you created? And have you marketed up into a company that's doing really well? The latest is Lilac Applewood. There's Pure, which is no scent. There's Cedarwood Jasmine, which is my favorite. Watermelon Basil. Um, Lavendary Rosemary is my family's second favorite. Now, only second only to Lilac Applewood. And Vanilla Lime. Vanilla Lime, I use. I'll have you know last night. These are all small batch soaps made with love in America. Each bar of soap is hand stamped. Alan often does that work himself, often checks on the quality of the soap. So, yeah, he, in fact, is this integrated person who, in fact, works at his soap company. And here's what we're saying to the rest of the world. Alan'sSoaps.com slash Todd. We are employing Alan or Alan's is. I'm not employing him. I'm just a partner. We are proving that Alan provides creative value and joyful value. We're asking companies to look at the Allen Soaps model and say, hey, if they can do it, we can do it. And we should. Because you could say Allen's the least of these. And in some ways he is because we are fully functional physically and can speak words. But hey, watch it. Because I think the Lord Jesus might say, hey, buddy, <laughs> I know things about Allen you don't know. He might, in fact, be the most of these by the way he thinks of me. It's alansoaps.com slash Todd, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd. Get the Herminator sub. It's your choice of six bars of soap, a soap rack, a soap pouch, and a fluff, all at 10% savings. Get your Herminator sub now at alansoaps.com slash Todd. This goes to the topic of behavior versus identity. Think of the difference here. You know what? I am a man sexually attracted to other men. Behavior, feeling. I am gay. Identity. You know, I am so uncomfortable with my body. Sometimes I think I'd be happier as a woman. Feeling. I am a trans woman. Identity. I am black. Identity. I come from the African region. My family was African. We moved to the United States uh, three generations ago. Uh, I'm not aware of the tribe we came from. I've done that research. History versus identity. Now, I am a black trans woman. Three shrill, thin, tiny, little pieces of glass. So breakable, so fragile, so sharp. And if someone comes along and says, I don't think people can be born in the wrong body. They're not talking about your feelings. They're talking about you existing. Oh, so you say I don't exist. This is happening all over. I am a Republican. Now, there's a difference. I belong to a group. But some people will take that statement, I'm a Republican, I'm a progressive, and this is my identity. And so when people disagree with me, it's they disagree with my identity, not my preference, not my feelings. And we are a nation being rebuilt, restructured, crushed, reassociated. I'm a mask wearer. I'm a non-mask wearer. 
I'm a vaxxer. I'm an anti-vaxxer. I like the federal government. I'm against it. And these sharp, shrill, tiny identities are trying to exist in a nation that can no longer have a shared identity. When God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, who were they? Well, God was the father. He created them. God created everything around them. God told them how things worked. God said, hey, here's all the food you can have and all this, you can do all this. And I love visiting with you and we're going to hang out for eternity. And there's no pain and there's no effort. And if you eat, you're hungry, you eat. If you're thirsty, you drink. If you require shade, it's here. Um, hey, but guys, don't, don't go eat the, over there. Just don't eat that. And Satan comes along and didn't just say, hey, let me tempt you. He changed their identity. Well, they did when they gave in to Satan. Surely you won't die. And then Eve ate of the apple. She didn't die right away. Adam looked at that and goes, wow, she, she didn't die. I'm going to eat some. Now their identities change. Who are they? They're liars. They're thieves. They're backstabbers. Behind God's back, up come the fig leaves. Who are they? They're shameful. So Satan enters into so much of this. I had thought I was the only one who was observing the exact opposite of parts therapy in the world, but far, far, far from it. This is a piece from a really important website I hope you'll read. It's called unheard, U-N-H-E-R-D.com. This is written by Paul Kingsworth, and he, in writing this, draws upon some previous writing. I normally wouldn't read such a long piece, and I'm hard, it's, not, it's hardly all of it, but I think it's an important enough piece to share with you because I think it speaks to putting this in another way and probably a better way. Paul Kingsworth writes in a piece entitled, The West Needs to Grow Up, Robert Bly's The Sibling Society Reveals How Culture Wars Infantilize Society, Make Infants of Us. And so he's obviously referencing this other piece. I find that useful in trying to parse the madness of that culture war to see the time we're living in as what I've come to call a culture of inversion. The West's ongoing decline has caused its elites to lose faith in their cultural inheritance, and this loss of faith has now reached pathological proportions. As a result, the leading lights in Western society, the cultural elites, and sometimes the political and economic elites, too, are dedicated not to upholding the cultural forms they inherited, but to turning them on their heads or erasing them entirely. Great reset, anybody? Queer theory, anybody? Gender theory, anybody? Critical race theory, anybody? In the 50 years I've spent on Earth, most of it in post-imperial Britain, the loss of faith has manifested everywhere. If you want to get on in Britain, which means to win the approval of the upper middle class elite, which runs the show, it has long been an unspoken rule that you cannot be seen to commit yourself to any of the pillars of the old orthodoxy, which two world wars fatally wounded in the 60s counterculture decisively finished off. Patriotism, Christianity, cultural conversion, sexual modesty, even a mild nostalgia for vanished rural England and a love of once canonical novels are all more or less verboten and the attitude towards them is rapidly hardening. Until recently, simply giggled 
until recently, simply giggled at or patronized these kinds of views in the 2020s, maybe labeled you as a white supremacist or the more general but still lethal hater. The world old is again running up like parchment in the fire and nobody who wants to be part of the new one can be seen to defend it. This explains why, for example, a white male BBC editor would stand before an audience of similarly pale-skinned people and explain that no one wants to hear white men explaining things anymore. It explains why people would topple statues of long-dead slave traders whilst filming the whole thing on smartphones made by actual living slaves. It explains taking the knee and decolonizing the curriculum and the cis her cis or heteronormativity cis heteronormativity meaning that that's it's 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 bad thing that we're born men and women <laughs> and stale males in diversity training all of this is not so much a desire for actual meaningful change as a giant rolling statement by those who control the levers of power in the post-western world a statement that says we are the opposite of what we once were we reject our ancestors and our history we are now something entirely new even as of this moment, we have no idea what. And the book he's sort of referencing, and well, referencing, definitely referencing, and, and partly reviewing, the author Bly wrote in 1996. This is so important to hear. People don't bother to grow up. And we're all fish swimming in a tank of half adults. The rule is where repression was before, fantasy will now be. Adults regress towards adolescence and adolescents seeing that have no desire to become adults. Few are able to imagine and imagine any genuine life coming from the vertical plane, tradition, religion, devotion. The inverse culture. Was there another reference at some time to an inverse culture? Yes. The Bible. Good will be evil and evil will be good. You live in that time. Making of yourself your own being. Has something like that ever been done? Satan was the most beautiful of the angels. And yet that was not the identity he wanted. He sought power to be his own being a self-made entity, as it were. What do we see around us now? We see people being given the opportunity to take utter fantasy and turn it into reality for them and to be able to force it upon others. The inverse of parts therapy is the party is blowing kids apart, blowing young people apart, shattering adults, saying, pick the sharpest piece. Pick the tiniest piece of the mirror that used to be you. That's you. Use it to cut others. Use it to slice. Use it to attack. And if someone questions its sharpness, then they're questioning your very existence. This is going so far that the party 
particularly the leftist portion of the party, is now demanding that people apologize for the gospel. <laughs> not, 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 not its existence, but its very, it's, it's very words. And people like Pope Francis are doing this. This is from the American conservative Casey Chalk. For many Canadians, Pope Francis' recent apology tour for the treatment of some indigenous persons by those representing the Catholic Church was not enough. Murray Sinclair, the lawyer who chaired Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, declared, It was more than the work of a few bad actors. This was a concerted institutional effort to remove children from their families and cultures all in the name of Christian supremacy, reported the Washington Post. The opinion appears to be the default of the entire commission. The American conservative Declan Larry observed in an article, The Lamp, earlier this year, that the commission seems to oppose evangelism as a matter of principle. Would that this opinion uh, were limited to government bureaucrats of our neighbor, of our northern neighbor, yet this is an era of repraising everything about Western civilization inheritance. The Bureau of Indian Affairs, May 2022. The Federal Indian Boarding School Initiative investigative report, which Helen Andrews cites in a recent TAC article on Indian boarding schools, speaks disparagingly of missionary activities on young American Indians, including encouraging them to abandon their tribal religious views in favor of Christianity. The Australian government has issued similar reports criticizing missions down under as being designed to erase people's cultural identity. Similar charges are leveled at Christian missionaries wherever they perform their work. To send missionaries to Africa and Asia to convert the native people to Christianity is religious colonialism, say many Christians. Academics and journalists for years have discussed the resurgence of paganism among Europeans and people of European ancestry, often framed as repudiation of the imperialist imposition of Christianity upon pagan peoples. Now, just to go back through this, the native tribes themselves, when they captured people on the battlefield, young people took them into their tribes and erased their history and changed their names and said, you will not speak the tongue of your people anymore. You are now with us. Okay, so you used to be in that tribe. You are now a Yankton Sioux. Now you live here. Now you serve us. Now you're part of this. And maybe one day you'll be a leader here. That's what they did. Everybody did. But in society that is breaking people apart, crash. Pick that one piece. What is a Native American? Victim. What is a first person in Canada? Victim. Anything else? No, victim. And paganism? Sure, that's back. It is not a mistake that when people are told their sexuality is them, When you are telling someone you are a gay man, that's what you are. You are a gay man. That's your whole identity. Then that man can say, my whole identity is what feels good to me sexually. And please, please don't come to me with, oh, you're saying gay men don't love. No, I'm saying there's all sorts of love. There's the love of a father for a child, which is different different from a husband for a wife, which is different from a brother to a mother or to a sister, which is different from a son to a mother. Love is not love. There's all sorts of different kinds of love. What I'm saying is when you tell a man your sexual feelings, that which drives your flesh to feel good and tingly, that is who you are. Therefore, it is very easy for that person to say, man, I think that little kid is so sexually attractive and this is who I am and this feels good. And after all, this is who I am. 
And when you've been raised around porn, what's the difference? You are disintegrated. You are shrill and small and you're this one thing. And that kid, that kid's one thing to you. Tool. Paganism. And they don't even know it. So I'm not the only one who sees it this way. The base of an identity as I was created from God has outcomes. I was created by God most high. I accept that. I accept that I was created by the God most high who is written about in the Bible, meaning the Christian God. Having accepted that, I will accept that the Bible is the word of God, my father given to me because he loves me. I will accept that Jesus Christ was a manifestation of God sent here to do things that we had failed at. Human beings cannot follow the law, cannot be done. We cannot live a flawless life. Jesus came and paid the price for that and gave us redemption if we simply go to the cross. I accept all that. I accept that by making Christ my Lord and Savior, by teaching others about him and teaching them to follow and allowing myself to be changed by him, then my identity is growing, not shrinking. I am still husband and father and son and brother and friend and client and boss and podcaster and CrossFitter and ex-guitar player and all these things and reader and all these things. I'm still all of that, but I am tied to an even bigger thing, the body of Christ. When I hurt, I have people to whom I can turn. They're in the same body. So they hurt when I hurt. The strength of that The unspeakable, incomparable strength of that, fully taught to your family. You walk into a church and some people will say, the church is too large, to which I would ask, does Jesus think so? You walk into a church environment, you grow up in it, you're not there 1.2 times a week, you're there five times a week. It's not a place you attend, it's a place that you serve. Your kids see you serve. They serve. It is a broadening of the identity, a strengthening of the identity up to and including what we are told in the Bible, which is Jesus living in you through the Holy Spirit. So now someone comes to you and they hurt you. Oh my goodness, you've got such a massive base. So hard to knock over. This woman in Port Townsend, she has an identity. The world is attempting to steal it from her and she will not play the game. It is a thing of beauty. I want you to hear her whole statement that she makes. And I particularly want you to hear the end of it where the government bosses want order. 
Listen to what happened to an 80-year-old woman who knows who she is. Just a second. Um, there are people who have taken a physicality and made it their identity. My dad did that to himself. My dad was fat. That's who he was. Now, he was a lot of other things. He had a master's degree. He was a social worker. He was just brilliant at working in race cars. He excelled at hunting and a little less so fishing, was great at hunting um, he was an absolutely loyal and giving father. Um, he was all those things and, and much, much more. But to him, he was fat. Now, he put a positive spin on it, nicknamed Big T. And he tried to make it a positive around us kids, but we saw him be drugged down by that identity. Number one, please don't let that drag you down. Number two, so changeable. I said to my dad once in a, in a really, really ineffective way. I said to him, hey, you know, you're not the world's big medical mystery. That was such a terrible way to say it. I was so frustrated with him. I really wish that my dad had been around for me to work with soda weight loss. I'll tell you why, because he would have done it. I want to know why? <laughs> because it would have been on the radio show. I'm telling you, he would have done it. And my dad loved food. And who doesn't? I love food too. I just ate some. Um, but my dad would have done it because he would have supported the radio show. He'd be, he'd be slurping the bone frog. He'd have his stuff moved over to Bulwark. I remember. I know exactly. My dad, he'd be sending me money. for Dad, I'm fine. I'm going to subscribe before the subscription service comes out. He'd be doing it. And you know what? It would work. I never got to see my dad light. So if this unwanted fat is weighing your body down and you're hearing this story and saying, yeah, I wish Todd did get to say that to his dad. I'm saying it to you, right? Whether we've met or not, I'm saying it to you. It doesn't have to weigh you down and the process can be shorter than you think it is. And my friends at Soda Weight Loss will tell you how long it will take in your case to drop X pounds of unwanted fat. And that's really important because then you can time that out mentally. Here's when I'm going to go into maintenance. You can time it out financially. Super cool that they do that. And how can they do that? Because SOTA stands for state of the art. SOTAweightloss.com. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. This is a woman confronting a culture that what we just talked about in this piece by Paul Kingsworth, where as he's quoting this book, um, this earlier book by Robert Bly, The Sibling Society, wherein Bly wrote in 1996, people don't bother to grow up and we're all fish swimming in a tank full of half adults. The rule is where repression was before, fantasy will now be. Adults regress towards adolescence and adolescents seeing that have no desire to become adults. Few are able to imagine any genuine life coming from a vertical plane, tradition, religion, devotion. Here is an 80-year-old woman confronted in a locker room with a full-grown man who has the fantasy that he is a woman. That is his fantasy. She's confronted by a society with no devotion, 
not even to the old ways of man and woman, but to reality itself. She's confronted in a world godless, for God made man in his image. Man and woman, he made them, woman and man. She's confronted with this, and yet she will not back away from her identity. Who is she? Well, I don't know her. Apparently, she's swimmer, she's speaker, she's protector. She's been raised to be a lion, not a sheep, although we're called to be sheep to Christ, but to Christ only, to Christ only. We're not anyone else's sheep. We're his sheep because he's the only good shepherd. Here she is describing to a government body her experience. There is a link to this video in the show sheet. Long on the Peninsula, and um, I'm here because I had an experience that you need to know. I have sent it to you all in detail. In an effort by the city and the YMCA to apply the neocultural gender rules at Mountain View Pool, dressing shower room facilities, women and children are being put at risk. My experience while showering after my swim was hearing a man's voice in the women's dressing area and seeing a man in a women's swimsuit watching little girls pull down their bathing suits in order to use the toilets in the dressing room. I reacted by telling him to leave. And the consequence is that I have been banned from the pool. There is no signage informing women the shower room is now all gender and what that means. Nor have parents been informed of what they can expect with these new policies. The Y has not provided any dressing shower room options for women who do not want to be exposed to men who identify as women. It is unconscionable that the YMCA would instigate these new policies without clearly informing pool patrons and parents. Although in 2021, the Y reported that they were adding family and all gender dressing and bathing areas, they've not done that. Instead, they've usurped the binary designations and turned the facilities into all gender with no choices. The staff seems to have received little professional training on how to handle reactions to such a radical cultural change, particularly for the most vulnerable, older female patrons and children who may be exposed to inappropriate behavior. The dignity and safety of unsuspecting women who have trusted to use these facilities for many years. This is not right. The YMCA, the city, the police and sheriffs, the parents, the professionals who assist victims of voyeurism, peeping toms, pedophilia and assault need to come together to figure out how to make the new policies work for all pool patrons, not just one group. How to keep children who are less able to discriminate safe. It is ironic that women who discriminate when a situation threatens their safety or their children, a message from our ancestors, are now accused of discrimination as if they have made someone else a victim. We need to do much more intelligent and wise about applying the rules and developing policies that are respectful and inclusive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on. No applause. No applause. 
And we need to keep it orderly in here, please. Yes, yes. Let's Would keep. Anyone let, like to speak at this point in time? <laughs> Let's keep emotion out of this, Councilman. Let's keep emotion out of this. The toolkit. The promise of the episode was how to not be broken. My suggestion. Have you accepted that you're created by God? If not, please bring me your alternate explanation. We can discuss it. Um, if you've accepted that, have you accepted that that has implications? And those implications extend to how you behave and how you speak and what you do with your time. It extends to how you raise your kids, even now, even as they're young adults, even as they're adults. And listen, I am not preaching from a stance of achievement in that area. I screwed up. And we pay a cost. I am asking you to choose to not have the mistakes I have. Choose your own mistakes. Be unique. The way to not be crushed is to be uncrushable. The way to not be broken is to be unbreakable. Who is unbreakable? God Almighty. But we're not God. No, we're not. But he wants to have a home in you. And then you'll be unbreakable. And the party can scream, that's a man. No, you can say that is a woman. And the party can scream, that's not a recession. And you can say that's a recession. And the party can say on your knees. And you can say, no, you are not my father in heaven. I'm not getting on my knees. And you can be called racist and you can laugh. And you can be called sexist and you can laugh. And hater and you can laugh. Because you know who you serve, you know your role, you know what you are, and your kids will watch you walk it out on a daily basis in your grandkids, in your neighbors, in your sisters, in your brothers. And if enough of us do this and enough of us accept this identity, we'll also get the greatest consolation prize in history. We'll save America. Greatest consolation prize in history. Or, or we can just go mini identity for mini identity. I take your, uh, your progressive black trans woman and raise it with uh, mega loving gun owner. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be a mega loving gun owner. I'm saying it's not an identity. It's a feeling. It's a belief. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be prayerful, please. That if you haven't made that decision, pray tonight to make that decision. Pray for God to speak to you.